0: Or you can go to our website, wolcarlsbad.com, and you can click the Give tab and give that way. The last thing today is that if you have any needs or anything like that that we can partner with you on, then drop us a line and send us that, and we're going to partner with you in prayer. I believe today is going to be a wonderful day. I want you to open up your heart to receive from the Word of God today, and always remember that God is madly in love with you. Let's get to the service.
1: Uh, let's get into the Word of God today, praise God! And uh, you know it is uh, always a good day to get into the Word. It is always a good day to open the Scriptures and to share what God has to say to us, praise God! And uh, you know I want you to to open your heart today and hear what the Lord's saying to you. See, because. I, I, I love a quote, and I believe it was Charles Caps that I heard made the statement many years ago. He said, what's more important than what I have to say to you is what Holy Spirit says to you about what I say today. And, uh, you know, that's the important part because here here's the thing. Uh, we do need to—this uh, is not where I was going, but we do need to dismiss the bridge class because Tony's standing back there going, and Tiffany's saying— you know, come on. <laughs> so anyway, uh, we dismiss our bridge class. But, uh, you know, Holy Spirit will start to talk to you. Have, any, who's ever had that happen, that you were in the middle of a, of a service, a pastor's preaching a service, and Holy Spirit starts talking to you about something the pastor just said? You know, uh, Joe is the only guy in here that's ever had that happen. And uh, uh, maybe the rest of you need to listen because I I got a feeling that maybe it's happening more than we realize it's happening because that's the way he works that's the way Holy Spirit works because he takes what is said and he uh, he he teaches you how to give personal application to it see because what it means to me. Uh, is relevant to what is going on in my life and where I am in my walk with the Lord. And it's a very personal word. The Bible says that the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. It's living because it can speak the very same words out of the scripture can speak one thing to you and another thing to me. And so, we need to hear what Holy Spirit is saying about what we're saying today. Praise God. And uh, so anyway, let me read this passage of Scripture out of Acts chapter 20, verse number 35. It says, I have, known, I have shown you in every way by laboring like this that you must support the weak and remember the words of the Lord Jesus that he said, now, he's, Paul was, is writing this, but Paul is telling you what Jesus said. Now, we appreciate what Paul had to say, and we appreciate his revelation on the subject of grace. But ultimately, and, and if Paul could stand right here beside me right now and hear what I'm about to say, he would be saying, yes, yes, yes. Paul Is not the Lord, but Paul received a tremendous revelation and shared that tremendous revelation with us. But what's more important than what Paul said is what Jesus said, because Jesus is the Lord, right? Okay, and so here's what Paul said The Lord said, so now he's telling us what Jesus said, it is more blessed to give. Than to receive. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Now, this is a passage of of scripture that is often used when it comes to um, receiving tithes and offerings. It's more blessed for you to give than to receive. But how many know that there is a principle there? Now, it's written in the context of, Paul's talking about. You know, being a blessing and, and, and ministering to the material needs of the weak. He said, we must support the weak. But, but not only that, there is a principle. Sometimes there is a, there is a thing that is specifically said, but there is a principle that can be extracted from it that can be used in many ways. Praise God. And so here's what I want us to talk about today. We love to hear the gospel of grace. How many, how many of you appreciate the grace of God and you love the grace of God and you love to hear the word of God on the subject of the grace of God and how that his favor is upon you and it's not because of what you did but it's because of what he did and his favor will never change towards you that he is for you and and you can do uh, whatever you need to do because of the power of grace in your life. We all love to hear that, what grace means to us. Grace means that when I fail, you know, that I'm still accepted by God. You know, grace means that I don't have to perform to be accepted by God. I don't have to to perform to a certain level in order for God to accept me. I just simply have to believe what Christ has done for me and receive that, praise God. You know, and that's an awesome thing. But there's a flip side to that. And many years ago... When uh, it, it, we're now down to we're, we're now to many years instead of just a couple of years, but now many years ago, several years ago, several years would probably be be a better way to say that, um, but several years ago when the Lord said to me, He said, I want you to preach more grace, you know, and I made a decision to do that. I had to make a decision that if I was going to preach grace, I was going to go all the way down this road and not just partway. We're going to have to. We're going to have to take this grace message, and we're going to have to let it infuse everything that we preach and everything that we do. And I had to make a decision way back then that if I'm going to preach grace, I have to pastor grace. You know, there are some things that are really easy to preach and a whole lot more difficult to pastor. And, uh, you know... It is really easy. I'll give you an example. It's really easy to preach faith, but it is really difficult to pastor faith sometimes. It is really easy to preach grace, but it's another thing to pastor grace. And, you know, it is another thing for you. It's really easy to hear the gospel of grace. But it's another thing to live grace. That's what I want to talk about today is living grace. Praise God. Living it out in your everyday life. Not only, you know, it's one thing to receive the grace of God, but it is another thing to extend the grace of God and and to show grace towards someone else. Now, I want you to think for just a couple seconds here, let's not think too long, but just for a couple seconds I want you to think about someone that maybe you need to show grace to, that you need to extend grace to. You see, here's the thing about grace. The reason I need the grace of God in my life is because... uh, All have sinned and come short of the glory of God, including me. I come short of the glory of God. I don't always measure up to the, the, the measure, the fullness of the measure of the stature of Christ. I don't always measure up to that. And some may say, you never do. I say, well, that's not fair. Sometimes I do. Okay? But but there's a lot of times I don't measure up to the fullness of the measure of the stature of of Christ. All have sinned and then Paul describes what sin is, coming short of the glory of God. So, therefore, I need to receive grace, but I need to extend grace. It is more blessed, he says, to give than to receive. More blessed. See, if you think that receiving grace is a blessing, try extending grace. You want to be blessed, extend grace. You know, Jesus said it's more blessed, whatever it is that you're receiving, if you'll give what you are receiving. You see, there is a principle in the Word of God of seed time and harvest. You know, you extend grace. See, here's the deal. Seed time and harvest means that you take a seed and you plant that seed in the ground. And then that seed grows up and you get back more seeds than what you put in the ground. Now, I'm not going to tell you you get back 100 seeds or you get back, you know, 50 seeds or, or, you know. I'm not going to tell you that, but I'm going to tell you what you get back more than what you put in the ground. You know, if, if it's one for one, farmers are the dumbest people on earth because that's not the way it works. You get back more than what you put in the ground. That's why they put it in the ground. That's why they plant seed in the ground because they, that, that one seed that they put in the ground, that's not enough you starve that one seed. But if you put it in the ground, see, here's the thing. Why is it more blessed to give than to receive? Because when you receive, that's your harvest, right? You, you, let, let's say that you receive 10 of something, whatever it is, whatever we're talking about. You receive 10 of something. That's your harvest. But if you plant ten, tin's your seed. And the seed will always yield back more than what you planted. So if you want to receive grace, and I'm not talking about the grace of God right here. I'm talking about just the grace. See, because we have received the grace of God, we have the capacity to give grace. So, sometimes, sometimes you need grace from the people around you. Anybody ever failed and you needed the people around you to have a little grace towards you? Yeah. Yeah. You know, we... we. We come up short of what the expectation of us is and what is, what is required of us. We come up short of that. And we're hoping that the people around us will show a little grace towards us. You know, there was a man in the Bible that, that uh, he went out and he found uh, or he owed his master a certain amount of, of money. And the master called him in. He says, I need you to pay up, bud. And he said, I don't have what is necessary to pay up. Uh, Can you extend a little grace towards me? And the master did better than that. The master didn't say, I'll, you know, Okay, I can can hold off on that a little bit. No, the master forgave him the debt. That means he wiped out the debt completely. He didn't owe his master anymore. And so this guy, then he went out and he found someone who owed him far less than what he had owed his master to what was forgiven. Far less. And he found this guy that owed him. And the guy did the same thing that he had just done towards his master. The guy said, man, you know, I'd love to pay up. Can you have a little mercy on me? Can you you show me a little grace here? Because I don't have what I need to, to. You will, if you will extend some grace towards me, I promise you I will pay up everything that I owe you. And this guy who had just been forgiven, who had just been a recipient of grace, turned around and threw the guy in prison and refused to forgive. And The master that had just forgiven his debt, he heard about it and he called him in and he said, I forgave you all this debt and now you won't even forgive your the, the one who owes you. You won't even forgive him. And the master was very angry about that. But here's what I want us to understand, that we all, From time to time, we owe a debt. We owe, and and, and I'm I'm not talking right now about the debt we owe toward God because that debt was taken care of. It was paid in full by the Lord Jesus Christ. But I'm talking about sometimes we owe our fellow man a debt. And if we want... See, if if you will learn to show grace, learn to live grace, it'll come back on you. Praise God. If you can show grace and extend grace towards another, it can come back on you when you're in need of grace. Praise God. Praise God. It is more blessed to give than to receive. Because you always receive more than you gave. Praise God. Now, get this in Colossians chapter 4, verse number 6. says this, let your speech always be with grace. Seasoned with salt that you may know how you ought to answer each one. Now, notice that. Let's look at, read that again. Let your speech always be with grace. So, when you're talking to someone, consider grace. Consider, am I extending grace toward this person? Season with salt that you may know how you ought to answer each one. How should you answer each one? With grace in your heart. Praise God. Why? Because you have received grace. Praise God. Praise God. Now, 1 John chapter 4, verse number 7. Beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. He who does not love, the reason he doesn't love is because he doesn't know God. Because God is love. Now, John chapter 13, verse number 35. Here's what it says. By this, all will know that you are my disciples. If you raise your hands during praise and worship. Okay. Somebody's Bible is, is, uh, is reading the right Bible. Or somebody's at least reading the Bible. Okay. Okay. All right. Here he says, by this all will know that you are my disciples if you prophesy. By this all will know that you are my disciples if you have perfect attendance at church. Anybody's Bible say that? Okay. By this, all will know that you are my disciples, since you shot me down on three occasions here. What does yours say? If you have love one for another. So that's the identifying mark. But I have found out over a lot of years that Christian people, who have been the recipient of the grace of God, can sometimes be the meanest people on the face of the earth. Now, That's sad. I'm not saying you. I know. I know none. Of, I'm not talking to any of you. You know, but I know that Christian people sometimes can be brutal. I've been on the receiving end of some brutal sometimes. You know. And I bet you have, too, been on the, on, on the receiving end of brutal. And I want to make sure that I'm not the distributor of brutal. Okay? I want to make sure that people know I'm a disciple of Jesus. And how are they going to know that? If I have love one for another. Praise God. Now, let's get this. The identifying mark of a disciple of Jesus. Maybe you don't know what a disciple is. Disciple comes from the same word as discipline. And it is a disciplined learner, a disciplined follower, a disciplined learner of Jesus. Jesus said, all you who labor and are heavy laden, come unto me, take your yoke. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Praise God. So he's called, he's called every one of us to be his disciples. And who did he say come to him and learn all who, are, who labor and are heavy laden? He said, you come to me, you learn from me. He said, I will give you rest. If you'll learn the way I do things, if you'll learn the way I think, if you'll learn the way I relate to people, if you'll learn that, he said, it will be restful to you. Do you see that? See, because sometimes people think, well, bless God, I've got to stick up for number one. It's, it's sad that you're number one, you know, first of all. It's sad that you see yourself as number one, that you're the most important person on the face of the earth. You know, that, that's sad. i got to stick up for number one. But, you know, because the Bible says to prefer one another. Hmm. So it's sad if you're saying i got to stick up for number one. But, you know, i got to stick up for number one because, you know, this is how you know that you're his disciple if you have love one for another. Praise God, praise God now get this people gravitate to people who love them and to places where they are loved. why do we want people to know that God is madly in love with them hey First of all, it's got to be about them and not about us. But, but secondly, you know, if people knew from the, from the disciples, which is us, if people knew from us that they are madly loved, I guarantee you the seats in here would be full. Now, see, we're talking about some things today. You know, people gravitate because love is a safe place. Now, now don't get me wrong. I understand that there are people that sometimes they have a wrong idea about love, and their idea of love is, if you love me, you'll let me. That's a wrong idea about love. And you don't understand love at all if that's what you think. If you love me, you'll let me. You'll let me do anything I want to do. You'll just sit back and take it if you love me. That's not what I'm talking about. But but if people genuinely knew, and, and there would be some people that would think that's what we're supposed to do. And some people who would say we don't love them because they can't just do whatever they want to do. Yeah. But that's not what we're talking about. So let, let's not even think that way anymore. Let's, let's move on beyond that idea. Okay? But if people were assured that they were loved in this place, they would be here. There are people that are not here today because they think when they walk in those doors, they're going to be condemned. They're going to be judged. They're going to be criticized. They're gonna, not going to be accepted. They, they would, you know, and it's not necessarily because we did anything, you know. There, there are people who won't come to any church because they think that's what church is. That means to us that we've got to work extra hard to show them the other side is true. Okay? We, we've got to make a concerted effort To prove that the other side of that is true. See, we've got people in this this room today that are messed up. We have people in our church that attend our church regularly that are messed up. And we love them. We we love you. Let me say it that way because you're here. We, We love you. Praise God. Do we want you to be messed up? Of course not. We're here to help you get unmessed up. But we love you even though you're messed up. Now sometimes there are people, you know, and, and I I've had people come to me and complain about some of you. I'm, gonna, I'm not going to tell you who. I'm not going to tell you who complained. I'm not going to tell you who they complained about. But I've had people that have come to me and complained about some of you. And as a pastor, here's, this has always been my position. I'm going to defend you until you make it impossible. You know, I may deep down inside know that what they're telling me is the truth. But it doesn't matter. I'm going to defend you unless you make it impossible for me to do so. Now, there are people that, you know, let me just, let me just say this right now. Uh, most of the worship team is still in the, in the room uh, I think. I see some of them. Anyway, if you are on the worship team and you are absolutely faultless, you, have, you, have, you don't need any grace because you are living out and perfectly demonstrating the life of Christ every day of your life. I would like for you to come up and lead us in some worship. Come on, guys. Whoever fits that criteria, you know, that... that. All right, let me just say this. That's right here is who you would have leading you in worship on Sunday mornings. If that were the necessary requirement. And why am I preaching what I am this morning? Because... Sometimes even the people who lead you in worship, even the people who greet you at the door, even the people that stand here and preach the sermon on Sunday need to receive your grace. Because there is not one of us that is beyond the need of grace. Praise God. We need grace from you. Praise God. Now, I, I need to address something this morning. And it, it, is, it is some things that, that uh, you know, we endeavor to do. And maybe you've been to a church somewhere at some time that has done these things. Better than we do. And I don't my my purpose is not to stand here and to make some excuses for some things. My purpose here this morning, and actually I was gonna address this off camera. I, I talked to Jason about it earlier in the week and I was gonna address this this issue off-camera because I didn't want it going out on our broadcast. And he said, no, I, th- I think it would be a good thing for people who are watching online to see how we do things around here. And so I, I had to agree with him. I had to say, okay, all right, let, let them see. He said, I, I think it's always good when they can see a pastor being a pastor. Okay, so if you're watching online, I'm just being a pastor today. And this is one of the things that pastors have to do from time to time. It's not unique to this church. It happens in every church. And if it doesn't happen in every church, it ought to. All right? Because there are, there are things, there are sometimes pastors just need to be pastors and need to talk frankly with the people in the congregation. Okay? And some of you if you know, maybe you have not understood why we do some things the way we do. Some of it is intentional, some of it is not intentional, okay? Let's talk about what is not intentional first, okay? The things that are not intentional. Um, There are times when, well, no. let me do this a little different way, okay? I I, I just thought better of what I was going to do. Okay, um, let's talk about why or, or what our purpose is and what we are trying to accomplish. Okay, the Lord Jesus gave every church, every Christian, in fact, a commission. Who knows what the great commission that he gave to every believer is? Go spread the gospel is one way of saying it into where all the world and spread the gospel preach the gospel to every creature okay we got to have Bible study <laughs> but you know go into all the world and preach the gospel to every Creature, that is the one thing that the Lord told every single believer to do, and every single church, without exception, ought to be doing that. Now, what He did not say is, This is how you do it. We don't find those specific instructions. Now, why did He not give us specific instructions on how to do that? Because how to do that evolves with time and changes with location and people groups. And so therefore, here's the deal. If he had given us specific instructions that were applicable to, his day, to the day and time in which he said that, it would have looked like this you walk and you get as far as you can get or maybe you could be blessed enough to have a camel or a donkey or a, a horse or a cart and and you know the apostle paul made it down to the seashore and got on a ship but you know when it when it comes to the, That would have been the extent of how to go into all the world. but how many know that today we can do better than that? Now, does that mean because he said this 2,000 years ago that we still ought to use 2,000 year ago methods? No. The people he was talking to that day would not have understood what an automobile was. They, They would have had... No concept of that. They wouldn't have understood about getting on an airplane and flying around the world. They wouldn't have understood, uh, you know, even a even hundred years ago, if you wanted to go into all the world, you were probably going to get on a boat. Even a hundred years ago, you might have been walking, you might have been riding a horse. But today... Go into all the world involves some means that did not even exist at that time. Now, that brings us to where we are right now. We have technology at our fingertips that make it possible for us to go into places that, you know, I love you guys. But you're already reached. Right? I don't need to reach you. You're already reached. I need to teach you the Word of God, and I need to put, sow the Word into your life, and I need to recruit you to help me go into more of the world. Praise God. But you're already reached. I don't need to, you know, I... I. Uh, one day it, it dawned on me you know i mean jesus said follow me and i'll make you fishers of men and then i got this middle image in my mind how many of you are uh, you're familiar with what a bass boat is and a little bit about bass boats okay some of you do some of you just don't want to talk to me today for any reason <laughs> doesn't matter what i ask i say I say, everybody who wants a million dollars today, raise your hand. <laughs> then you go home and say, why didn't I get my million dollars? You know, some of you just not going to talk to me. But, you know, you understand what a bass boat is. A bass is a fishing boat, for those who don't understand uh, is, a, is a fishing boat, and usually it has what's called a live well. A live well is a, is a tank in the boat that has water that's being pumped through it, so it's fresh, fresh water all the time. And this is where, when you catch a fish, you don't want your fish to die right then, you want it to stay fresh for you, so it's as fresh as possible when you get home with your fish so you can eat it. All right? So you have this tank called a live well that you put your fish in to keep it alive. These are the fish that you have already caught. All right, so uh, here's the middle image I got. Jesus said, uh, follow me and I'll make you fishers of men. And I get this middle image of two bass boats sitting side by side, and each one has uh, the guy sitting in his, in his chair fishing, and he's got his hook in the other guy's live well. And, uh, you know, and and that's what a lot of the church is doing. They're not fishing for the unreached. They're not fishing in the lake. They're fishing in the other church's live well, trying to catch the fish that are already caught. and, And move them from there over to their live well. And they call that church growth. Something wrong with that. But, you see, what I'm saying today is I don't need to reach you, because you 're already reached i don 't need to reach the people that are are down at, at uh, first assembly this morning they 're already reached. you know I need to reach the people that haven 't been reached yet. I need to get my hook in the lake. praise God, because there 's plenty of fish that have not been caught. There are many people who don't know the Lord, and that's what we need to be doing, and I need to recruit you who are already caught to help me catch more. Now, back to the technology thing, we have technology at our fingertips that make it possible last week I shared with you that our online broadcast reached sixty thousand people now you know if it 's just about those of you sitting in this room, we can close the doors tomorrow because I finished my job, but I have not finished my job because there's a whole lot more people that need to be reached, and the more of you I can recruit to help with that, the more we can reach. And see, here's the thing, that when we go out, we, we have this technology that's available to us, but here's the deal. If we broadcast a terrible product, if, if someone logs in, how many of you, how many of you watch YouTube videos? Okay, a lot of you do. Some of you don't. But a lot of you watch YouTube videos. How many of you would sit and watch a YouTube video that is poor quality? I mean, it's terrible. It's distorted. You have trouble understanding what the people are saying. The the images on that video are are uh, you know you you can't hardly make out what you're seeing. Uh, You would not watch that video, most likely. You might if it's something you really felt like you needed that information, you know. But for the most part, you would not watch a poor quality video. So if we want people to watch our broadcast, we must put out a good product. If we begin to put out a terrible product, which, I, by the way, our product is not where we want it to be. But it's not, it's not bad. It's better than a whole lot that's out there. But I, I promise you that if our product deteriorates to where it's a terrible product, you'd see that number drop from 60,000 to maybe a few hundred because people just would not watch it. And so it is necessary, if, if we want to be effective, we've got to put out a good product. So that may answer the question as to why do we need all these lights? We need these lights to put out a good product. Why do, why, do we, uh, why do we have a smoke machine? Some people don't understand that. Why, why do you need a smoke machine? Well, because when you have these lights on, all you can see is the effect of the lights. But if the smoke machine is on, you can see the beams of the lights. And we're, well, people ought to watch just because they love Jesus problem is they don't love Jesus. We want to cause them to be in love with Jesus. Praise God. You know, people ought to come to church just because they love Jesus. Well, there's a whole lot of people, I want them to come to church that don't even know Jesus. How could they love Him? You know, I, I want to introduce them to Jesus. And if I am putting out a product that is of terrible quality, I'm going to affect the people from coming into church. I'm going to affect the people from watching our our, our product online. It, it's going to have a, a, an effect on that. We need to put out a product that is quality. Praise God. You may say, you may say, well, you know, why do we uh, is it? I don't think it's necessary to to worship God with a with a band. I, the bands that's not necessary. Well, you know it's not. And I grew up with a piano player, maybe an organ, and occasionally an acoustic guitar that wasn't plugged in. And uh, that's what I grew up with. And we worshiped the Lord, and I came to know Jesus then. But we, we were not reaching. Now, at that, at that day in time, I remember when they brought the first sound system into the church I attended. I, re- I remember that so well. And I remember people griped about it. People complained about it. Because, well, we don't need a microphone. Well, let me tell you, people can't hear you in China if you don't have a microphone. You know. And so, why do we have to have microphones? Why do we have to have sound systems? Why do we have to have this kind of stuff? It's because we're getting out, we're pr- producing a product for the purpose of reaching the unreached. You got it. And see, here's the deal. Anytime you begin to get over into the world of technology... Um, there are always technical issues. There are always problems that relate to that. There are, you know, I, I'm going to tell you, if you go, if you were to attend Hillsong Church, for instance, uh, you would see a product that was produced by professional Media and technology people. These people, this is what they do. They have college degrees in how to do this. But see, we don't have the capacity to hire college degree professional technical people. And so therefore, we have volunteers. Praise God. Now... I'm not dogging on our volunteers. I love our volunteers. I am so thankful for our volunteers. But sometimes volunteers don't have the expertise that a college-trained professional has to produce the product. And I think, and if you agree with me, I think that our volunteers do an amazing job. Sometimes, that means the volume's a little too loud. Sometimes, that means a light hits somebody in the face. Sometimes, that means that the smoke machine puts out a little too much smoke and somebody gets a little choky. You know? I've been up here on the platform and choked up. Myself. (laughs) You know? So, I'm aware that that happens. I'm, I'm fully aware of that. But, I am also aware that we have volunteers who love Jesus and want to serve Jesus and want to help me reach as many people as I can reach. And they're doing the very best job that they know how to do. And what I started talking about with grace, you know, that wasn't just a pre-sermon. That actually ties in right here. All of us who work to put out this product to reach the world with the gospel, we need some grace. Come on. And I'm asking for it. Right, we, we need some grace. Just because something is a certain way doesn't necessarily mean we want it that way. Okay? I know some people, they think, well, that's the way. Uh, I guess that's the way they want it. You know? All right, I'll, I'll pick on me for a minute, okay? All right. You know, I got a little thing going on right here. Doesn't mean that's the way I want it. Okay? You know, what it, what it means is I didn't not want it enough to go across the street. But, you know, th- there, there are times when we have a problem, we have an issue, we have, and, and see here, it's, it's not just simply a matter of turning the volume down. Now, it used to be, back in the days when they got that first microphone in our church, that was the deal. You just turn the volume up or down. But it's, it's more than that because every adjustment that is made affects what is going out over the air. Every adjustment that is made affects what you hear from up here. And, uh, you know, I remember the days when they first started bringing guitar amps into the church. Joe and Fred know about this pretty well. Uh, I'm not saying you guys are old or anything, but... uh, but but we remember the days when they first started bringing guitar amps into the church. And you got a guy sitting here with an amplifier and a guy sitting here with an amplifier. This guy can't hear himself, so he turns his up a little bit. Now this guy can't hear himself, so he turns his up a little bit. And now he can't hear himself anymore, so he turns his. You know, and, and that used to be the extent of sound problems. But... Uh, Sound problems have become a little more complicated than that these days, and uh, so, you know, I will I will admit that yes, we do like it loud in here. But there's a re- there there's actually a reason for that too. Because when you bring it down too much, we got to find a balance between too much and not enough. Not enough means. It's real low energy. The, the, you know, there is a certain energy that fills the room when you can bring the volume up. And there's another aspect of that too. And this is on a completely different now. There are times when someone won't sing if they think that the person next to them is listening to them. Anybody ever felt that way? Well, you know, I want to just belt it out, but everybody, you know, I don't sing that good. And so everybody's listening and I'm embarrassed. But when we can bring the sound level up, I had somebody complain to me one time that we want to hear each other. Well, you might want to hear each other, but they don't want to hear you. And, uh, which uh, of this person, that was really true. But, uh, (laughs) But, you know, sometimes the guy sitting next to you or a couple seats over, you don't really sing that well, so you don't want that guy to necessarily hear you. And if we can help you with that so you can belt it out at the top of your lungs... And not be embarrassed about it, then, hey, we have the ability to do that, so why not do it, you know? Uh, Some people are embarrassed about lifting their hands. So if we can bring the light level down so that you you don't know if the person across the room from you is lifting their hands or not because the light level is down so that it becomes less conspicuous. And you say, well, it shouldn't be that way. Maybe not. Maybe, maybe not. That's another thing altogether. But, uh, But not everything is always the way it ought to be. Sometimes we have to work with things the way they are instead of the way we wish they were. Praise God. And so I'm asking for some grace. And... Permit us the, the freedom to try to put out a product that we can reach the world with. You say, well, this is not show business. Well, in a way it is. I mean, that's not the, that's not the ultimate purpose of what we do. But there is some show business aspect this that is connected to it. Because you got to remember, the people we're trying to reach are people that don't know anything but show business. And when it comes to show business, the professional show business, the best product we can put out, we've we got to compete with those guys. We're competing not for their money. We're competing for souls. And souls is the most worthwhile competition You can ever engage in. And every day. If you decide you want to reach someone for Jesus. You got to compete with the devil. And everything he's doing. But here's the deal. We win. We win. If we'll love one another. If we'll be a, a distributor of grace. Instead of just a recipient of grace. Praise God. You see, we got a whole world out there to reach. The moment I decide it's all about me is the moment I stop reaching the world. It's the moment I stop doing anything uh, of significance for the kingdom of God. And I am very grateful for the ability that we have to do what we do. And Please don't take this as we were in trouble this morning. No, we're just trying to help you understand. And we've got to do that from time to time. OK? Everybody with me on that? Anybody still love me? right? Half of you do. Praise God. I'm glad you still love me. We'll see if we can work on the rest of you. And praise God. But here's what we're going to do right now. We're going to do what we came here primarily to do. And that is to lead people to Jesus. Praise God. So if you've never received Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, it's been a little bit different today than what we normally do. This is not what happens. If you're watching online, this doesn't happen here every week. In fact, this rarely happens. Um, But... But here's what I want to here's what I want to say to you today. If you have never received Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. We put out some effort to get the message to you, but Jesus is the one that paid the real price. We don't really by comparison what we do is nothing compared to what Jesus did. Jesus bore your sins in his own body on a cross so that you could die to sins and live to righteousness so that you could, could stand with your sins totally and completely, 100% forgiven. And you could stand before God Almighty as pure. In fact, I heard someone say it this way one time, that you could stand before God as pure as Jesus is. Wow. Now, doesn't that blow you away? That you could stand before God as pure as Jesus is? Why is that? He loves you as much as he loved Jesus. He proved that by, by permitting Jesus to go to the cross on your behalf. Now, if that's not proved that he loves you as much as he loved Jesus, you know, you, you can't get any better proof than that. Here's what He said you need to do. Here's the only part He required from you is that you believe it and acknowledge it verbally. So I want to lead you in a prayer to acknowledge that verbally. Just pray this after me. If you're sitting in this room or if you're watching online, in any case, just repeat this verbally after me. Say, God in heaven, I believe that you sent your son Jesus to die on a cross for me and that he paid for all of my sin he paid the penalty so I wouldn't have to pay the penalty and then he rose again from the dead so I could have new life and today I choose Jesus to be my personal Lord and Savior Jesus I invite you into my life I choose you. Thank you for saving me. From this day on, I want to learn to know you. Amen. Amen.